0: I guess I immediately was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was really healthy, and everything's fine, and we're busy, and life is just boop, 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 and all of a sudden it's like, no, it's not, and this is super scary, and everything I thought was okay is not okay.
1: Hi, I'm Emma, and I'm Lisa, and this is There Are No Tangents.
0: feels like I've all
1: in a dream. What's the purpose of a human body?
2: Not on the surface beyond that, pull back the curtains I'm more on net. Once we take it there, ain't no going back. Don't be losing the topic, man. We gotta stay on
1: track. Yeah, you so crazy. Yeah, I know yeah. it. Tell me a story like a poet, yeah, like a poet. We get
2: lost in our thoughts. Welcome to the show. Emma and Lisa, they on the are ready. You...
1: Hi, folks. Welcome Hi. everyone. <laughs> we have a new face on with us and we're so excited um, to have our first guest on who we'll introduce in just a moment. But um again, um happy new year. Uh if you haven't gotten to watch our first episode of the new year, we are back and we have a new series called Shifting Gears and we're talking a lot about how we move through different transitions in life and different cycles and different rhythms um and how all of those tend to interconnect and play out together so uh we are so thrilled because up to this point you know it's just been me and lisa bantering back and forth which we love and we'll be doing plenty more of that (laughs) yeah Um, so but we have our first guest, uh, and we're just honored uh, to have her here with us today. So I'll turn it over to you, Lisa, if you want to give a little intro, and then Mary Beth will let you get we'll get rolling with all this and ask you yeah. some questions and probe into
2: your life.
0: <laughs> Are you ready to
2: be probed?
0: Oh gosh I have been a few times, so <laughs> <laughs> exactly. that's part of the part of the journey. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, we are super
2: excited to have our dear friend, Mary Beth Murray, today. Um, She was very top of mind when you and I, Emma, first kind of conceived of this topic. At the time, it wasn't a series. It was just this one sort of topic, transitions and just shifting gears in general. Um, And we thought of Mary Beth, whom we have... Well, Emma, you've known Mary Beth for a little bit longer than I have, but several years we've known each other now. Um, and so we will let her tell her own version of how she's had to shift a lot of gears, but we're really happy to have you with us. If you just want to share um, a little bit about yourself to begin with a little bio, if you would like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, I can do that. So, thank you all, first of all, for having me. I feel very honored to be your first guest. I'm very grateful, and I'm a big fan of the podcast. and um, <laughs> I love it. I think it's so fun and awesome. So, congrats on uh, completing your first season in 2022 and starting this, uh, continuing this in 2023. So, well, hey. good. good job. Um, so bio for me, I am, um, I live in Danville, Kentucky. Emma and I have known each other for about five years, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. Years. And Lisa, probably like three, at least Yeah, a little over three, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, I am. Um, I'm a Danville, Kentucky gal. I have two small children. Um, I work in fundraising and development at our local arts center I've lived different places. I've been in Danville here for five years, but um, lived in various places in the country and different jobs and transitioned a lot with those. And um, I I love to read. I'm a curious person by nature, and I'm always kind of interested in what's happening in the world and going deep in certain topics and uh, (laughs) a lot with you guys in that way. Exactly. Um, Yes, um, but... Uh, yeah, no, I just, I love being with friends and exploring this journey together with others. So thank you all. Perfect.
1: Yeah. Awesome. This is wonderful. And so with Mary Beth, I mean, obviously you heard probably one of the reasons that we thought about her um, is Mm -hmm. she likes to go deep and explore like us and uh, various topics and things like that, but also specifically for this series, you know, (laughs) it was one of those things where a lot of times I'll pull out for Lisa. I'll be like, Oh, Lisa, remember when you did this and this, and it's like, I can remember everything about other people's lives, but my (laughs) own gets fuzzy. And with Mary Beth, you know, Lisa and I were both like, wow, I mean, she's had this transition and she shifted gears this way. And so we were just going to see what, you know, came up and what's, what's top of mind. And we'll see where the conversation flows and, and what we get to and where it leads. And, you know, Lisa and I might make some connections here and there for ourselves, but really hopefully being able to hear mostly from Mary Beth. Um, So what is a really big shift? Like what's top of mind for you when you think about how you've had to shift gears, Mary Beth, like what's something that's front and center? Um,
0: Well, I think that one of the things that has come back around in an interesting way, kind of out of the blue, uh, because I'll, I'll get to that, but something from my past kind of like resurfaced here just in the last week or two in a good way. but it kind of brought me back to that time frame. Um, so a big transition in my life happened on the health front when I was 28, and I was diagnosed with bladder cancer, uh, living in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, the reason that's kind of come back around is that I'm part of this patient advocacy group that when patients are diagnosed, they can contact that group. It's called Beacon. And they can pair you with a survivor to talk to them about bladder cancer and and questions you have and what you're going through. And so just this last week, I had some young woman contact me who's 27, who's just been diagnosed with bladder cancer. And so I hadn't really thought about it in quite some time until she kind of came back into the picture, came into the picture. And I could answer her questions and think back to that time and just share my experience with her. And so I was in kind of thinking about this topic like transitions and shifting gears like that was an example of a time where my the gear shifted very quickly, you know, it was like out of the blue kind of situation. where I was healthy and no issues. And then I started noticing some unusual symptoms, um, that didn't, couldn't be explained in other ways. And so then I went and got diagnosed with a urologist in Nashville, but suddenly like my world changed immediately. And that it was and how like, old
1: were you again? How, what, how, old yeah, just- I was 28.
0: Um, and I was working full time and I just like, we were house hunting. I've been married about a year and a half. So like, kind of just really in a busy part of life and not focused on, you know, I was kind of ignoring some things that I thought seemed a little odd. But then um, once I was like, this is not a UTI and this is not my cycle, I really got into figuring out what it was. And pretty quickly, once I started that path, like they were like, yes, you have bladder cancer um, and I had surgeries to remove the tumors and that was followed up by treatment Uh, For many months, Um, and so when I was thinking back to this time frame, it was like the gears shifted because, of course, this news was shocking and scary, and I thought I might die. Um, And then I like backed up and realized, okay, this there's a plan here, and I need to kind of follow this treatment. I do need to follow this treatment plan, and I will kind of figure out this as I go with the help of my doctors, my healthcare team. Other supports like um, I got really into yoga and meditation at that time frame, and tried to really get to kind of alternative and um, holistic approaches to that, and that part helped in the transition mm-hmm. because I could kind of wrap my head around it a little bit more um, and feel like more of a, um, I guess, just supported journey once mm-hmm. I was going through the medical piece of it, so. I guess I immediately was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was really healthy and everything's fine and we're busy and life is just boop, boop, boop. And all of a sudden it's like, no, it's not. And this is super scary. And everything I thought was okay is not okay. And I don't know what's going to happen here. And I'm really, you know, it was just it, the, my like worldview shifted, my identity changed immediately to being like a healthy, well person to, oh my, I'm so sick. What's wrong with me? Like, why did my body fail me kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, that
1: was, um, it's pretty rare, right. For, for those yeah. listeners who, cause I yeah. didn't realize this till I talked to you, how yeah. rare it is for um, bladder cancer to be diagnosed weird. at that age.
0: Yes. It's extremely rare for its average age of diagnosis is around 73 or so. It's an old, old man's disease, basically like a woman having it is very unusual and a, a young person, I was one of the youngest patients that my healthcare team had scene and they were so baffled I was like an anomaly really at that time and um you know unfortunately I mean I think in certain ways certain cancers are on the rise and stuff and it's just it's it's unfortunate and scary but also the treatments and the health care around it is so much better now too so that's hopeful um but yes I was very uh, I was like an outlier and so that also felt very strange and identity wise like why me like why what what did I do? What was, you know, trying to figure out what happened to cause it was like a rabbit hole that could not be figured out. And that was very hard.
2: Yeah. So how did going through all of that, like, how did you juggle work? And you said you were house hunting and your husband, like, how did you deal with all of those moving pieces?
0: Yes. So we, um, I was working full time in a pretty stressful environment and I had to approach that subject you know with my boss and I I really wanted to keep going like as full partly because I wanted things to be normal like while it felt very out of control and out of ordinary I wanted to try to keep some normalcy but I did take off more days like I would take off my treatment days which were Fridays or I would maybe take off a Monday, but I really, I had like a vacation bank and I was really not looking to take off this crazy amount of time because I felt pressure, but I also felt like I wanted to feel like a normal 20 year old, you know, 20s person um, and not let my mind stray too much. Um, but that was hard in itself too, because sometimes I would get really tired and just want to want everything to stop. Like I just wanted to be home not see anybody, not do anything, just like be in the garden, drink tea. Like I, I shifted what I was interested in doing, which was just having outside world be not bothersome. Like just, I wanted to cocoon. And I think that that's like a very, and that's a healing and healthy thing. Like I was very, I became more introspective. I, um, I didn't want to see a lot of my friends. I mean, and I'm a very social extroverted person, as you all you know. You are very. Yeah, you very <laughs> you much know? are. This is like a big shift for me yeah. uh, as you know, so it's like perfect for this topic. It was a very big shift on like how I conducted my day to day, my relationships I got um, where I was really spending a lot of time with my husband. Thank goodness. I had this great caretaker support in my life at that time. Um, and he's still in the, my life. Is great. Yeah. Like, he's still around, um, but he was so crucial. I spent a lot of time with him uh, and my parents. I got actually a lot closer to my mom through that experience. Um, yeah. That was one of like the gifts of that whole challenge. Cause you know, the good, the end of that story is the good thing is I was healthy and I got through it and uh, remission and everything. So that's, you know, the, the celebration of that is that I'm okay from all that, but when, you ref- when I reflect on it, like relationship with my mom got a lot better um, and closer and my husband, relationship with my husband got a lot better. Um, and I think friends wise, I, I got to some deeper places with some friends, but it was more of like a journey of self for me um, and coming to terms with what was going on and trying to find that inner strength. So, I that's again like when yoga meditation um I tried some really out there things that I just in the past I would never been like that's not why am I I don't have time for that or that doesn't you know I was like yes like bring this all bring all the to me that you <laughs> what are buy. some of the what are some of the can
1: you share like are you yeah. willing to share?
0: what are some of the um, things you tried I'm just curious yeah sure um well, I, I acupuncture. I started to be interested in that a little bit, um, which before I were really was kind of like that doesn't sound fun at all. Like I don't want to <laughs> needles. I was like I don't like needles like this. Um, but I thought like you know this is a healing ancient practice. I was getting interested in more ancient healing modalities. Um, I went to well, yeah. This is a side note, a tangent. But I w- I traveled that summer. I went to Santa Fe, New Mexico with Chris and my husband, my, a couple of my family members were like wanting to help me like go and kind of have a, an experience away from Nashville and all the hell stuff and take a break from it. Mm-hmm. And one of them had a connection to Santa Fe. So it's like, that sounds great. Let's go and do that. And I was kind of in between treatment and waiting for my next biopsy. Cause throughout mm-hmm. this, I had to periodically go in and like scrape stuff off my bladder to make sure that it wasn't growing back so I had all these I had all these uh, I would call them like signposts of the process where it was like treatment stop for a few weeks surgery then treatment stop for a few weeks surgery it was like that for about a year and a half Mm -hmm. Uh, but then that Santa Fe summer I was like there's some really like interesting things here uh, with healing there was this church that apparently the legend was if you, um, it was, I guess a Spanish, uh, had been Santa Fe is very ancient or old, It's like 1500s like founded. So there was this old church that the sand and like the dirt and the dust of this one area in the church was like healing and powerful and mystical. And people would go there kind of wow. like pilgrimage to go and like, put the dust and the, the dirt, like in their hand, you know, they would do stuff with it or like take it and put it in a little necklace or something. And I was like, Chris, we got to go to this church. Like, I know that you think this is crazy, but I <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to do whatever. And it feels like it has meaning to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just vividly remember going, it was teeny tiny and it was set up. It was very much more like what I would think of like an old Spanish or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that type of church in, in the middle of kind of nowhere outside yeah. And so I went in to like this little room in the back of the church that was just like a completely dust dirt floor. And there was this hole in the middle and there was, you could like scoop the sand and the dust into your hands and do whatever. And I just spent a lot of time in that little room in the back of this ancient church and just was with myself and like doing this kind of ritual thing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it gave me, you know, it was meaningful to me. And I, uh,
1: that's really cool. Wow.
0: Yeah, so that's amazing. I would have that's, never done that like years prior. I would have been like that. Is, what you know?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just it really is like you had this like paradigm shift, like and huge, like you said, identity mm-hmm. shift. That mm-hmm. is that is incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, it it happened. It happened because like I didn't force it to happen. Like I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to. Yeah get well so badly like I was like I don't want I'm scared and I don't want this to take on and get worse and all of this so I felt just this immense desire to like heal and be whole like fully healed holistically I the mind-body connection is so real
2: Mm -hmm. um
0: yeah and I was like getting more interested in that and so I was like I really just have to come at this from all sides so and it worked out thankfully and um so, and I've been talking to this younger woman now about it and trying to encourage her with some resources and that I'm a resource to her. And that's been very, just in the last couple of weeks, like just very uh, rewarding and eye opening and like a kind of a pay it forward, but also like a reminder of where I came from with that. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
2: Was there an advocacy group for you like that when you were going through that experience?
0: Yes. The the beacon, which is B-C-A-N.org for anyone who's interested is like the main bladder cancer advocacy group that's out there nationally. And it did exist for me. It wasn't as big of a thing now. I think they've done a lot more uh, to get the word out and marketing and uh, outreach, but it was there and I utilized it some, um, but I, I couldn't find like stories like myself. Like she said to me, I, you were the only one I could relate to. Like I've looked through, like, I understood your story. I felt like you were speaking to me. Like I understood what you were going through because I'm 27 and, yeah. and trying to work and, and do all these things. So, um, that I couldn't find anybody like me very, very easily mm-hmm. at all. So that's changed and that's good. Um, I did want to, because, you know, at that time, my family was extremely worried about me as rightly so. And there was a lot of somberness and fear and like, anxiety about it all. So I did want to kind of get us focused on some more positive frame of mind. And so I did join the beacon, like had a walk for bladder cancer in Lexington, Kentucky. A girl had started it in honor of her dad. And I did that in 2014 um, with like my extended family. And it was a really great day. And my aunts and uncles and cousins and my grandmother pushed in a wheelchair. Like it was so good. Aww. So like those types of things I Were there, and I was trying to utilize them. Um, But more, they're they're there more now, which is great. Right? Yeah.
2: So, um, you said it was during that time that you became interested in yoga and meditation, and you eventually did train and become a yoga instructor.
0: Yes. So that's really a fun, fun transition there. So I did, yes, I got more interested in it and specifically in certain types of yoga that were more um, focused maybe on the spiritual side or the meditation side, maybe not so much like power yogas um, and things that were pushing your body. I was looking for like health healing and like chilling myself out oh, yeah. and
1: restoration. And
0: yes, restorative was huge. Um, mm-hmm. Just a real focus more on breathing. And fortunately, Nashville had a variety of offerings. Um, and I found this one style that was just very breath focused. And, um, and really kind of got me into that parasympathetic state. So which is what you need for great healing and like what your body needs. So um, I kind of toyed it with the idea of training. And then I didn't, and then work and stuff. And then I was like, okay, I want to do this. Like, I at least want to do it for me to know more and to learn more. I don't know if I'll teach with it, but I at least want to get the knowledge myself. And so I did that in, let's see, that would have been 2016. I started it. And then in that process, I got pregnant and um, I was like, I still, it was great for the pregnancy, you know, like I still wanted to do it, but it kind of slowed some things down as well as we were moving to kentucky from nashville at that time mm-hmm. so i kind of had to like wrap it up in a different way than i anticipated but it turned out that there was a need for a teacher here in danville and um i was able to do that while i had like a young child at home and mm-hmm. that was very kind of a full circle moment i could offer it and get more um, the benefit of it myself too, after postpartum and all of that. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, do you all ever think sometimes I remember learning about this thought of like time and thinking that was like the spiral and like mm-hmm. this, I, and maybe Emma too, I don't know. I feel like this spiral thing has come up before. Is that, or is, spiral is that a spiral dynamics? Yes. Yes. You were talking about that like years ago, but yes. Yeah. 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 The idea about the spiral of time and mm-hmm. I guess to like, I like to think about things coming back up for me. Like if I haven't learned, you know, I, I kind of feel like life as a classroom or like, you know, you're on this journey and if you haven't quite figured mm-hmm. this piece out, it's going to come back around for you to work on some more or, yeah. you know, yeah. you know yeah.
1: absolutely. That, that
2: kind yeah. of that idea of, um,
1: wherever you go,
2: there you are. (laughs) Yeah. The spiral is also, I mean, it's a really great image. Like if you think of a spiral staircase, for example, this is something up in my coach training and, and with a, like a partner, but basically like, you know, you can be kind of on the upward spiral and then somehow like you come back around, like you were just saying, Emma, you come back around, but like from a different perspective, Mm -hmm. even it's like kind of the same, but like, a different vantage point or whatever. Um, yeah, it's very interesting to think about.
1: That's it it is, is that something that you think about through all of your shifts, Mary Beth? Like, um, are you like, Oh yeah, this is something I needed to work through and learn. And like, what's connected to that? Or like, has it, has that, have you noticed that, like that something else has come up in that way? Or you feel like you've.
0: Yeah. Like, honestly, and I know I did an intro with this, but I mean, so I moved back to my hometown, um, yeah, which was very unusual. I would never have thought that was going to happen. Yeah. I was like, so not, I was like, I'm going to live in cities and, you know, be, um, I, I've grown up on a farm in a small town and I was wanting yeah. a different experience and I did get a different experience. But so for, it was very strange for me when I first moved back. Cause I was like, I'm back here but things are so very different. Yeah. Um, I have a very different vantage point. Yeah. Um, And what does that mean? And like, Mm -hmm. why am I here again? And am Mm -hmm. I going to, you know, what's going to happen with that? And is there a reason why I'm here again? Mm -hmm. Um, I like to find like make meaning and find meaning in situations that are kind of unexpected, you know, you just weren't planning on that. And so um, the fact that that happened, was very at first like very like I wonder how long I'm gonna be there are we gonna stay a while are we not like yeah how odd is this and I never thought I would leave Nashville I loved it there I mean I still do but like just circumstances caused that to happen and it was the right thing and the right time to go so I think that when I ended up back here and I was like am I just like back in my town and like but Things are have changed, and I've grown, and it's not like I didn't go anywhere or do anything, um, because mm-hmm. I am I am someone who I I like I'm curious, I'm into self growth and development, but um, not pushing myself in ways that, like I got to hit and attain these things, but just like expansion and mm-hmm. um, in depth, or something, you know, as you guys are. Mm-hmm. So I think that in hindsight, though, and we can talk on this a little bit, but. Um, I got really sick after having Beckett. We moved here. I was very pregnant, uh, yeah. very, pregnant, and then I had Beckett yeah. in July of that year, and then I got like super sick for the yeah. next
2: another abrupt abrupt shift.
0: Another shift, but that-,
2: that baby weren't a big enough shift. Yeah, exactly,
1: know, like, that one was expected. Like- <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs>
2: But
0: and it's like, that, wow, you're going to get really sick and like various. And that was a, such a scary situation. But like I was in I was my parents were here in um, the support that I had. I could not have done what I did and recover and have like without my parents, without being in the same place, they would have had to like move to Nashville to help me. I needed right. daily, I needed like daily help when I was um, going through my treatment. I had to be connected mm-hmm. to an IV uh, antibiotic for like seven weeks and like have all this stuff changed out. So that, uh, and so thankful I was here, but I know, I think things, you just never know where your life's going to go and circumstances will change whether, you know, that seem like out of their control, like they come from nowhere and -hmm. they force you to be like, okay, we have a decision to make here. And, and I think when I was thinking about this, I think some of these are, you know, your you, um, initiate the change to shift the gear. You know, it, for me at one point it was, I need to go back to work. Cause I miss working and being out in the public. That was like a self-initiated choice. Some of these right. others, not my choice.
1: Yes. We've yeah. talked about that. Actually, you'll see, oh, I mean, we haven't oh, put good. out that episode, but literally awesome. that's one of the, the things we discussed yeah. kind of like making the choice for some big change versus right. having it like thrust upon you yeah. <laughs> so anyway but you were you were saying you made this choice to go back into the workforce
0: yes so. so on the the timeline of things I know I feel like I'm jumping around but that's okay like no that's literally that's what, what, you do, what- <laughs> you do, right? that's what you do um so yeah so after having Beckett and getting better and then I wanted to have another child so we had Hayes and the pandemic happened um and so it's been a wild years as you all know and then i felt like at that point i was really like after t- in 2021 i felt very strongly that i wanted to go back into the workforce and be out in the public and work uh, with other people for you know the greater a greater project and good and just i was feeling very isolated and mm-hmm. missing others and feeling disconnected from what was going on yeah, yeah more in the Mm -hmm. community. And so, yeah, so that felt like I've got to make this change. I don't know what it looks like. I'm also scared to to transition because I've been doing this one thing this way for Mm -hmm. the past four years. So, so it's, it's nerve wracking, a little scared, but I'm also like, I know that this is the right move and I'm encouraged by the people that love me that like, yes, like you, you know, you like pushing me forward to that change. Had we not had a pandemic do you Mm -hmm. think you
1: would have felt this really strong desire to go back into the workforce? Was it something you were always kind of tinkering with like maybe one Mm -hmm. day or were you Mm -hmm. chill and good and,
0: and then the pandemic hit and that made you realize, do you see what I'm saying?
1: Like, was that a catalyst at all?
0: I know it definitely was a catalyst because Mm -hmm. I think I was wanting to go back in. I was going to wait till I think Hayes would have been a little bit older. Like I, um, I was like, yes, I want to go back to work and I want it to be the right thing. But what the, the pandemic was a catalyst because it was so very different having him as a baby than Beckett, where I had the, the network of friends and social network, uh, the moms, the, we could do things we could, um, get out. (laughs) Uh, I feel like having a young child in those scenarios was just night and day different. And I just knew that my mental health was suffering because I couldn't do anything but stay home. And I was just, if I had been able to go on play dates and be involved in these organizations and groups, I had been before, it probably would have delayed that feeling for maybe, you know, I can't quite say, but maybe another year or two or something like I wouldn't right. have felt the rush and the need uh, probably as quickly if I had a more fulfilling and um, supported kind of yeah. network of friends. Yeah. I'm social. And I like to, my energy was just getting so drained from mm-hmm. and not being around other moms with young kids and So I "I need to go back to work so that I can be a better mom and like my mental health and a better wife and a bit just, it just felt like, even though it's tough, because I kind of had this guilt around Mm -hmm. not being home as fully with my second as my first. Mm -hmm. So then I was in this, like, is am I doing the right thing, but Mm -hmm. I want circumstances to kind of be the same for them, Mm -hmm. but gosh, it was just, the world was like, not the Mm -hmm. same and I wasn't the same. I needed to really just like remove that sense of guilt and just really try to go with this feels like I need to make this choice and it's going to be okay. And we can adjust it as yeah. we need, as we try. <laughs> and, and we did because, um, I did go, I started part-time, which honestly, I think for the general world and population, like quality part-time work for women is so needed. Like we oh need gosh. that people like, I just don't want it to be all or nothing. Like, I think that that, yeah. is, something that is lacking. And the fact that I was able to find that I felt so grateful. Yeah. Uh, I knew when I took the position that I was going to need to go full time. And I was nervous about that, but like willing to try it um, and committed to trying it. But that ended up being too much. And the amount of time I was away with uh, two young kids who were needing me. And I wanted, I didn't want to miss that all that time with them, but I felt like I was. It was just
1: like, did it feel like too much of a disruption of your work-life balance? Kind of, I know that phrase gets thrown around and everybody's like, what is balance? You know, but you know what I'm trying to say? That dynamic was off kilter.
0: It was off kilter. I felt that I was kind of shifting too much in the other direction, but also we were, uh, health came back into play. Getting sick a lot, and yeah. I was missing a lot of work um, for illness. And I was then feeling bad when I was at work that my kids were needing me because they weren't able to do their thing. You know, they were sick, and there was a lot of juggling. And it's just, it felt like my heart was starting to get really uh, weighed down with this. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I like what I do. I'm enjoying the job. I like where I am and the people I work with. But like, gosh, my heartstrings are getting pulled on this, and it came and it was coming out in not healthy ways. Like I was getting stressed out and getting in arguments with my husband or just mm-hmm. missing my friends. Cause I didn't feel like I had time with my friends. Um, yeah. and it was just too much. And I was like, you know, I've been in places before where it was too stressful. I know that my mental health affects my physical health. Mm-hmm. I do not, I was getting sick a lot. Now I know it was from largely from them bringing bugs, like the viruses that we got and stuff, but I'm like, my immune yeah. system is suffering. Yeah. And I know I am very sensitive to these things and I have to take care of my body. And, um, mm-hmm. when I made the decision to go back to part-time as hard as that was, cause I wasn't sure if that would be supported or not it in my heart, it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being, and it feels, I do not have this weight on my heart that I'm like making yeah. this A poor choice. I feel like it's what's true for me now.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: You just had to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know was probably really
0: scary, right? Yes. To ask for that, to kind of go forward and say, I'm, I know this is maybe going to result in a, (laughs) a disruption and for the organization. Um, and it may result in me not being able to continue here because like it, felt so strongly that i had to adjust my time and my balance for my family and for me because that is you know you think about like well, what areas like bring me the most joy what areas like are good like i know time is fleeting i've kind of i've been in situations where i've had to face like my mortality i mean that's kind of is dramatic but it yeah. it makes you feel like what are my priorities yeah. and if it isn't going to flow like fly here then I will have to make a change mm-hmm. and that was very hard to do and I was very as you all know I was really like yeah nervous
1: and- absolutely and I don't yeah I was gonna say like the down da- or, or like downplaying the significance of that is not something mm-hmm. we should do like because that is huge and getting like even meta from this situation simply asking for what you need
0: mm-hmm.
1: like especially for women but yes. A lot of people in this society, our capitalistic society, all of this stuff, asking for what you need, being able to live from your values and your true priorities, I feel like is rare. And yeah. it is scary to be able to do that. Most people I think don't do that. They're yeah. like, this is what I have to do. And this is, I just got to keep going and I got to suffer and I got to, you know, and you know, you really were thinking outside of the box in that because other folks might have thought, okay, well, I'm in a full-time job and I don't want to be in a full-time job. So I guess I need to quit, but you were like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to do Mm part-time, you know, so to even, you know, just asking for what you needed and how it, you know, it turned out great. I mean, I, and I know it maybe wouldn't necessarily turn out great for everyone, but like I don't know. I just think asking for what you need is
2: most people don't do that.
0: No, it's very hard.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, I agree with you. And Lisa, if you were going to jump in on that, by all means.
2: No, no, no. But I agree. I I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. I was thinking of like the invisible load that moms have, you know, we're sort of not to knock anybody's husbands or whatever, but you know, we tend to be the caretaker. So we're the ones who end up having to stay at home or whatever when the kids are sick and, and then I was thinking about just, you know, some people definitely have that mindset of, well, I didn't ask for what I needed. I just had to suffer. So everybody should just suffer. Like you signed up for this. You just need to deal with it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: really unhealthy, but I think also very pervasive.
0: To kind of go back even to when we were first talking about this with my with bladder cancer, like mm-hmm. I was, I should have probably asked for more at that time, like more time off, more time to like I mean, I went to work the day after my diagnosis because we had a staff picture that we needed to take. Right. And I felt that I needed to go and do, you know, I should have just gone and like been with people or myself or, you know, I, I've still baffled that, that Mary Beth was like, I can't let anyone down and I'm Mm going to go take this picture. And I'm not going to tell anybody that I just got terrible news last night Mm -hmm. and I'm freaking out. Like I, I mean, I would not do that now, like, but at that time, I just like, that's what I'm expected to do. And um, I'm, yeah. So having gone through these experiences have helped me, I guess, ask for what I need, because I, I, I think that like, we're just, we're abandoning ourselves if we don't. Absolutely. And, And that it's so hard. And I am, you know, I am a recovering people pleaser. I still people please, you know, too, but
2: yeah, I was, Hey, that's, that's a great example of people pleasing you use the word expect. like, that's what other people expected from you. And to a degree, that's probably what you just expected of yourself. I'm going to meet their expectations because that's what I do.
1: Exactly. Um, It's, it's so wild. And here's a little bit of a tangent too. And I know Lisa and I talked about, one day maybe mentioning this and this might be its own separate episode at some point, but just to give an example of the difference and how this might play out. And I'm not saying, Oh, all folks who identify as female would do it this way. And all folks who identify as male would do it this way or anything like that. I'm just saying, um, I've noticed this pattern, uh, societally, but also, um, like with me and my husband. So, I am very much like, okay, here's something I would really like, or here's something I think I would need, but I feel like I don't, I can't ask. It's going to inconvenience that person. Or I I feel like I shouldn't bring this up because blah, 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 or I'm not going to do that. That might put them out, you know, just very aware of how I could disrupt anything for that person. And he's very much like, well, why don't you just email and ask him if you could do this or why don't you just ask if you could do that or why don't you you know and it's very like he doesn't even um he doesn't consider those things the same way I do not that he's like oh I've just taken advantage of people or that makes it sound terrible but he just asks for what he wants and what he needs or he just does what he wants and what he needs like and so he's just kind of looking at me like why are you just just ask for that and I'm like well first of all what if I say no and I feel rejected you know, (laughs) Uh, second of all, what if they think I'm mean? Okay. These (laughs) are big deals. Like it's just, it's so crazy, but.
0: No, I get that. I think that I was, I I'm still like, again, I'm still dealing with that some, but I'm better at it Mm -hmm. for sure than I was. And I think that it is about just like knowing for me that okay, my self matter, like I'm mad. It's a lot about like self love and, and that strengthened through my experiences. Like I was always super hard on myself. Um, I've let, I still can be, but not to the degree that I was in, in my twenties and, um, just really like, I got to do it this certain way. I've got to meet these expectations, just like this achievement mindset, but also like just If there was something wrong, then like I screwed it up. It was it was something that I messed up. I was not usually putting the blame out there. I was like, I could have done that better than, and Mm -hmm. or like not jocking up to just like the universe. It just worked out that way. Nobody's to blame. It's no one's fault, Mm -hmm. and it's fine. Um, But like being just so much kinder and gentler, and like a lot of more self compassion. Those are things that over the years I've continued to work on because. Yeah, I would. I was, you know, worried about that. And I think once you do it more and things result fine, like it gets easier because you're just like, okay, like, well, they said no, but that's okay. Like, I think just trying to be okay with asking and then letting it go. Like, I'm going to release the outcome, but I've put forward what is in my truth. And then I'll release the outcome and then it's done. And then, we'll see what happens next. I mean, that's easier said than done, but.
2: Yeah, that lack of attachment to the result. That's really hard.
0: It is. It is. Um, And maybe like, again, just the practice of doing that in small ways and then bigger ways and just getting in the habit of that. And by chance of like so many of those occurrences happening, some will work out in your favor and some won't, but you'll have more examples in a bigger sample size. Yeah.
2: But but they will work out in a way that is still beneficial. It just, you may not see it until you're again at a different vantage point. Mm -hmm. Like maybe even moving here, for example, as you said, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you felt weird about moving back to your hometown, but it worked out so well to be near your family at a time where you really needed them to be close, right? But you can't see that until,
0: you know. I think that, One thing that's happened for me too, with asking for stuff, maybe for myself that felt big and scary was like, well, I kind of had like a plan B in my mind. Like, okay, if that doesn't go the way I thought I, maybe these things are going to give me kind of a hope or comfort that I can Mm -hmm. set my sights to and just shifting. And this would be like a bigger ask or a bigger thing that would be needed, but okay. I've got a couple plan B and C are over here. And that Mm kind of would just help me go forward knowing that it's not the one and only thing
1: yeah. that
0: is on the table.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm all about some backup plans.
0: I know. i was like you
2: know <laughs> worst case <laughs> scenario is a phrase I use a lot. What is the worst case scenario and let's go from there. And it's always in the worst case scenario is usually not that bad. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have already touched on this um I think a little bit as we've gone throughout, but for uh, each of our guests that are in this shifting gears series, we really wanted to wrap up with something where we could we could kind of see what all of the different answers are to to this question. And so, I've scribbled this down. I it is not written very well, but here here she goes. Um, That's a good thing. You're reading. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to read it, um, but it's still awkwardly written. (laughs) Um, so here we go. Uh, is there a lesson you've learned or a takeaway that feels important to you after some of the shifts and transitions you've had?
0: I think that when you first asked that the immediate kind of theme Mm -hmm. or idea that popped into my mind, because I struggle with this particular thing is patience. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: I could, I, I'm, you would ask my husband and he would tell you, I'm very impatient still. So I'm probably <laughs> still working. I am still working on patience, um, but patience with change. Um, I, as a younger person talking like teens, twenties, mm-hmm. I was highly um, I was, I, I wanted to like make this action. I like wanted to make the thing happen mm-hmm. uh, and, and quickly, you know, maybe quickly, or just like continue to go at it, persist, persist, because I was like, there's a way to figure this out. And if I just do the right things, this will work out in the right way. Yeah, uh, You know, that's very like, you know, e- it's like ego-based and it's very, um, an idea that you can control, like, and I, I think there's a balance of controlling your environment and letting things. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> now I can see that, but, um, patience with change and transition and being, um, kind of open to like the new possibility that will result from this transition even though it is so up in the air potentially or so frightening mm-hmm. um, that allowing those things to come through and having really kind of like the hope that something better be more beautiful or just more you know can come from some of these transitions or most of them hopefully But I think one thing we didn't touch on, and I'll get back to this too, is that I feel like some of these transitions and shifting gears, like really brought up like a grieving process, Um, a a grief of like what you had or thought you were and like, that's gone or that, you know, we'll never have that back or that part of you is done. But I tried to like, in the stages of grief, accepting that, but like seeing what beautiful things result, like, what deeper understandings, um, kind of an expansion of your consciousness, like, all of these things can come from such, from challenging transitions, Mm -hmm. um, but also, like, just, I guess I'm excited now for some, like, really positive, big, like, um, transitions that I maybe initiate somewhat, but that are, like, really, like, Big and positive and hopeful, like kind of. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm done with the scary, like hard medical. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what's my karma balance? (laughs) So yes, like I want to transition or shift a gear into something that, like, maybe big and positive and scary because I'm not sure it's going to work out. But I want that's like what I'm kind of hoping for the future is that I can be patient with myself in that and hopeful that those big good things can also be. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: That's That's so wonderful. Oh my goodness. Everything that you just shared, it was just so powerful, like the patience and learning to flow with the transitions, which we've also discussed. Um, I mean, all of that is just so huge and, um, yeah. And having that hope because of, you know, the fact that you have been able to take some lessons from these shifts, and because you were talking about the expanded consciousness, and we've talked about kind of the staircase or the spiral, like the new vantage points, and all of that, because of all of that, and because of what you've been able to cultivate, um, and how you've been able to work through those things, I have no doubt that will happen. That's oh, amazing. Well,
0: thank you. I'm excited, yeah. that's very well, yeah. encouraging, and I yeah. love doing this with you all. This is so, um, affirming. and, Uh, enjoyable so I really feel honored thank you all really all we're
2: honored to have you absolutely don't forget that we have an email address Emma have you we've we've each checked it like once
1: maybe we've we've checked it approximately one time in the last month (laughs) it was on and popping
2: so we should probably check it many more times. <laughs> Sorry, We need to be checking it several times a day because of all of the fan mail we were receiving. <laughs> we're going to receive some after this episode. So yeah, there are no tangents at gmail.com. Yes, reach out yeah. if you feel so yeah. inclined. Um, yeah, we and- love high praise. We love to feel coveted. <laughs> Mind everyone. We're we are not going <laughs> to let Patreon. you forget, folks. Yeah, <laughs> the we Patreon are. we have not set up yet. <laughs> so
0: you yes, exactly.
1: And cast. we are very much we are coveting Mary Beth. Thank you so much again, friend, right. for being on and being so candid and all of the things. We just really appreciate you and sharing your story. And I'm sure that all of our listeners will as well. So, yes, right. thank you. Thank you. Well. Goodbye,
2: everyone.
1: <laughs> hey, let's
2: get Thanks for hanging with us through today's tangents. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back again soon, but meanwhile, you can follow along with us on Instagram at NoTangents. We would love it if you would subscribe and maybe even consider leaving us a review, a highly complimentary one.
1: Keep it going. No, don't no, stop it. Don't get the picture, Then we crap it. With no emotion was the light which is lost in our thoughts